listening to Cairo Candy, the podcast of sweet chiropractic success. Here's your host, Billy Sticker. Hey guys, Billy Sticker here. Welcome to episode 106 of Cairo Candy. Uh, today is going to be part two of our series on practicing abroad. Uh, part one was actually episode 103. We had an interview with Dr. Jenny Lin all the way from Singapore. Uh, she actually went to school here in the States. She's from here in the States and then uh, went over there to practice. And today we have, all the way from Louisiana via China, or am I saying that wrong? Is it all the way from China via Louisiana? He's actually from Louisiana, but is now practicing in China as an associate. Uh, we have Dr. Justin Trosclair. So, uh, super guy. If you're not connected with him on Facebook, you definitely are going to want to do so. He's got some great stuff going on. Uh, he's got a new podcast called A Doctor's Perspective. But we'll talk more about that at the end of the show. So, let's go ahead and get on over into the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome all the way from China, Dr. Justin Trosclair. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. So let's go ahead and get straight into your story. Um, yeah, it's kind of the purpose of this episode is to talk about, you know, first we always ask why chiropractic, uh, and then we want to know what brought you from Louisiana to China. So let, let's conquer the chiropractic question first. All right. Mine's pretty easy. I was actually going for optometry in college, and my last year in high school, I started getting some headaches, and I think my mom was having a rotator cuff issue, so we saw a chiropractor, and then in school, I was um, taking my classes, saw another chiropractor, started realizing, these guys, have a, they know what's going on, they don't have to think of medicine, and they're getting people better, and you do some calculations, you're like, well, they can make a living doing this too. And uh, once I started taking some of these microbiology classes, I was like, oh, I really don't like this at all. And uh, research chiropractic and uh, all my undergrad classes were working. I said, I can do this. And that was, that's my story for why I chose chiropractic. It's, I didn't have a miracle story at all, but that's okay. Now, you're from around the Lafayette area in Louisiana? Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, so... You go to chiropractic college. What happened after that? Went to Colorado. I bought a clinic that was struggling and then worked it. Had my own struggles with that. Um, had it for about five or six years. And I was kind of ready to just get out of it. I was finally getting some success. But I was kind of missing home, being that far away and homesick. I was able to sell the clinic. And during that time, I said, okay, I want to travel more. Is there any chiropractic jobs that allow me to use my degree and also travel? Applied for some different jobs and always got rejected because our degree is not quite the same caliber as the medical doctor degree for some of these jobs. And uh, went on some of these websites and they had stuff in like Singapore and China, these jobs. So it took about four months of back and forth to find out if, if I could go to China because, you know. You just, it's, it's the great unknown. And all my questions were answered, and I was able to uh, come out here and start working in a private hospital in a real small town, actually. So, what exactly drew you to China? Or was that just a place you knew you wanted to go, or were you looking for any, any other was, country to travel to? 
yeah, I was looking for any other country. I didn't want to go through my boards again. Uh, it had been seven years. Good luck relearning everything again. So that took out most of Europe. I looked into like Ireland. Um, I want to say some islands, maybe Belize or something. And so I was just looking for something that had our, our accreditations would transfer. And China was one of them that would. And also making sure you can make enough money because you got bills to pay in America. And it all kind of lined up. And I said, oh, I hope there's a, whole, a billion people here. So surely I can live here, too. So tell us what it's like working over there. Well, a hospital is it's a different animal, but it's kind of similar. Like you still have doctors who don't know what you're doing, especially since there's not really chiropractic in China. You know, the traditional Chinese medicine guys, they can do uh, air quote an adjustment, but they're kind of scary. And so there's no schools here. So we're kind of a hot commodity. And when you come, you're kind of a big deal. That's what they say around here. Oh, you're a big deal. You're number one, like the CEO of a company or whatever. And um, you're having to educate the doctors just like you would in America, why you're here, what can you do. And we do a lot of, you know, disc bulges and herniations and things like that. And uh, so they understand that. And we've got a lot of, you have to do a lot of MRI reading and there's a lot of cross referral trying to build those relationships. Uh, what else? What about the language? The yeah, I was about to say, that's the hardest part is you have to have a translator. And sometimes where, where we're at, we're in a small town, so there's these ethnic groups, and the ethnic groups have a different Mandarin. So my translator actually needs a translator sometimes, almost 50% of the time, uh, because they don't have enough of the actual Mandarin language. So it makes it quite interesting uh, trying to get patients to do things. What are some of the benefits that you found of doing this? I, I've got experiences that nobody else is going to have as far as, you know, you can travel and see the Great Wall, but to, to be in the community and to see how the livelihood is, it gives you a better appreciation of what you have in America, you know, our freedoms, but also it also made me realize people hurt. People want to get out of pain. They want to go back to their job. They want to have their loved ones. They want their kids to have a better life than they did usually. And, uh, and it is satisfying a nice desire of mine to travel, which, is, which has been a lot of fun, too. How long have you been over there? This is my third year. What's the plan? Well, I went back. I would started one year, then went back to America. I had finished my contract. And then I came back, and I have a two-year contract. And really, it just depends on how profitable the clinic is for the boss. You know, you never know. Sometimes they have trouble tracking us. And so our department one year might look like it's in the negative, but once they start fine tuning how they track all the codes and following the doctor, then they're like, oh, okay, it's profitable. Let's make sure we keep him on. Because he has big plans. He would like us to recruit more doctors, people who can teach and all of these things. So he would like us to be here uh, for a long time. That's me and my wife. And it just kind of, like I said, it just kind of depends on how we, how we feel, how I feel and my wife after this next year, if we're still okay and we want to have a kid, so we could still be here for a couple of years raising the kid before we have to worry about school and those types of things. Right. Is, uh, is she a doctor also? She is not. She has a degree in teaching, but find out uh, in Lafayette, I worked 
for a doctor and my staff member introduced me to her and she's actually Chinese. So, so I ended up marrying a Chinese girl and I said, Hey, you want to come back to China and uh, be my translator? So she's like, okay. So pretty much we spend 24 hours a day with each other and helps me, uh, to do anything and everything. Oh, well that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, she's super patient with me and my Mandarin is horrible and I don't try hard enough. That's, which is going to be probably my regret, but, um, I can get around and like I said, if, if anybody wants to be, you know, do this, you don't have to know Mandarin because they'll have a translator for you, but you definitely want to learn a few words like how to count and how to I mean, buy groceries and things like that. Right. Ask where the bathroom is. That's a tough word, actually. Man. <laughs> do you just make the, the international gesture like, you know, you, where you kind of bend over and, you know, bounce up and down like you really got to go? I'm a very animated is person. It universal. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It, it, when a patient's laying down, we're trying to get them to flip over, and there's like three or four ways to do it, and they're laying there on their side for like a side posture, and I'll just do a a circular motion and point to the opposite direction, and most of the time they always get it, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, okay, that's what he wants. Yeah, I can do that." So it's it's pretty funny. I got you. So give us some some tips or ideas or some other benefits that, that you see, you know, if, if the, let's say there's some students listening or even some, mm. some associates right now, uh, or possibly even some docs that, you know, maybe you're looking to sell their practice and, and travel more like what you're doing. Uh, mm. where would they start? And, um, what are some more of the benefits? Oh yeah, no problem. Well, long term, I'm hoping it will open doors. If I have three years of hospital experience, uh, I'm hoping that'll translate into maybe a job later, whether that's through a, a VA hospital or a private institution that understands the benefits. And so I'm hoping that that's, that's a big piece. If you're a student coming out, you can make good money and you don't really have, you know, say what you want, but someone who's been out of school for 10 years is going to have better skills than someone just out of school. So you can really hone in your skills. You're going to learn a lot about MRIs. You're going to learn how to be integrating with other doctors and in a hospital setting. So again, that could translate into something down the road. And I'm trying to think. The, when I first came here, there was a guy, I want to say he was like 54. And he had sold his clinic and was just looking for something a little kind of slower pace and a little bit easy. So he's 54 and he stayed here four years. So he was from the States? Yeah, he was from the States. And so it's really, is, it's about saving money, especially when you come out of school. If you don't, you know, you're not really going to have a lot of money to start your own clinic. So it is one way to gain experience, uh, open your eyes to a new, a new world, as well as saving money. So when you go back, you can start up a little bit easier. Right. Really cool. Really cool. Any final thoughts that you want to leave every, everyone with? Um. I really, like I said, I really enjoy it, you know, getting to know everybody. It's difficult on a three-way conversation with a translator, but you're going to learn that your skills are with your hands. And we really focus on patient education in America, but like here, it's, you have a little bit more doctor authority. You know, you need to come in five times, you need to come in 10 times. The, The insurance is kind of 10 times, so you really can't go past that without having a break. Um, but you really are going to 
learn a lot about yourself and you have a lot of free time. You know, we might see 10 or 20 people a day. So that's a lot of free time there. And then after work, trying to figure out something to do. So you could, you know, write a book or do things like that that you may not have had time for in America. And and we know you, you promote that as a uh, service that you offer. And I think that's something that people could probably take advantage of. So when they come back, they've already got this, this book and uh, they can use it to their advantage later. Right. Well, so what else do you have going on? Well, I am in the process of writing two books and an ebook that hopefully could just, you know, give away for an email address type of thing. And I'm actually starting a, a podcast, uh, not to a chiropractic niche, but to a wider array of doctors. So I'm trying to do all of that right now while I'm in China. With limited internet access. Yeah, with limited internet access, Google is shut down and Wi-Fi that I'm just happy that we could have a clear conversation because sometimes at night it just gets sketchy. But again, I'm in a smaller town, so it's it's not like uh, Beijing or something. So do you guys have internet provided there to your house? Is it like a utility that that's provided or just a service you pay for? How does it work over there? Uh, you can negotiate your contract. Uh, we pay for ours, but in other places, um, it's part of your it's part of your salary. And like my apart, I have a I have a four bedroom apartment that's covered. So the, really, the only thing I have to pay for is food and entertainment. So that's that's a nice perk. Right. Well, very good. So if Docs wanted to just reach out to you to ask you more questions about traveling or or you know, if they want to do what you're doing, how can they get in touch with you? Probably the easiest way is a doctorsperspective.net. There's on the top, there's a whole bunch of social media icons. You can click that for Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Justin Trosclair and Twitter's Cajun Cairo. Uh, email, you can find it on there as well. Uh, and I'm down to answer all kinds of questions for people, especially new students who are looking for um, – a change of pace and maybe don't want to be an associate, but would like to, uh, you know, not ready yet to start their own clinic, but just trying to find something to do. I can, I can definitely help them. Very good. Now, a little off topic. I've got to ask, um, yeah. being from Louisiana, did your family speak very much French? My grandpa speaks French and my next door neighbor, my dad can kind of understand it, but it's, it's very sad. You know, I even took several years of it in school, but I didn't really get to use it. And they're trying to revamp that with the community, and it's kind of working. But it, they should have they should have never slapped the, my dad's hand in, in Catholic school for for speaking French. It kind of killed it killed it off for a whole generation, I think. All the nuns, huh? Well, oh man! I went to first grade in Cameron, Cameron Parish, and oh. uh, we took you know French uh, in first grade. And then, like we were talking before we started recording, my grandmother, um, we have a lot of family from Louisiana. And, um, you know, her, my grandmother's maiden name's Dupuy. And then we have Como's and, uh, and all this over, you know, from Louisiana. But yeah, my great grandmother spoke, um, almost all French. She spoke very little English and we would sit at her feet. And she would tell stories, and none of the grandkids understood what she was saying. But we just, you know, we just kept on. Um, it was good times, good times. And, and kind of like you, you know, my dad understands a little bit. My grandfather, who just recently passed away, um, 
he wasn't French, but because of my, you know, his wife's family was, he learned it uh, and he spoke uh, quite a bit of French, but just uh, something neat about, you know, this area that a lot of people don't realize. Oh yeah. Oh, you want to hear a funny story? Sure. My grandpa was hunting one day and he had his gun hanging out on a tree with, without a, a safety I'm not, I don't even know what it's called, but the little safety thingy for your finger. Right. Anyway, the gun fell and shot him in his arm. And so when he went to the doctor, you know, they had to take a buggy. One was drunk, so they had to go to another one. Anyway, he lost his arm when he was like 15 or so from a hunting accident. So I just like, what a Cajun, you know, that French area is so funny back there. That's probably why, you know, I joke about, and if you've, listen to some of the other podcasts. I've told the story a couple of times that, uh, that we have, you know, this part of Texas, it is a lot like Louisiana. Uh, and really the only way you know that it's, it's not is our license plates are different and we, (laughs) and we have more teeth. So (laughs) that's it. We still get all the the good food, good hunting, good fishing. So I'm just messing with you. Um, All right, Dr. Justin Trosclair, thank you so much for uh, being on. And I will put a link to your website and uh, how people can get in touch with you. Uh, It'll be in the show notes for this episode. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. All right, guys, you just finished listening to episode number 106 of Cairo Candy. Head on over to the show notes. It's cairocandy.com forward slash 106. Uh, for the show notes to this episode, and you can do the same for any other episode. Uh, you just simply put in the episode number uh, after the .com on Cairo Candy. But uh, I definitely recommend that you check out uh, everything Dr. Justin Trosclair has going on. Uh, you can find him at a doctorsperspective.net. Uh, there's also going to be a link to everything in the show notes. So that's it for this episode. We will see you next week on another episode of Cairo Candy. See you.